There are proposals on the table to speed up college football games. Are they good? Are they bad? Let's talk about that. Let's also talk some BYU football as the Cougars get ready for spring ball. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Title sponsor on today's show is our friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, we got a lot to cover ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder for you guys, if you've not done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you happen to be watching us on YouTube, hit that follow button wherever you get your podcast. And if you're on YouTube in particular watching this in video format, hit that bell icon just below here. Uh, I'm pointing the right way, I think. Uh, enable notifications so as soon as each new episode goes live, you can check it out. It'll notify you right away. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And we're looking forward to BYU getting spring ball going here pretty quickly. And the, the biggest thing for BYU when it comes to spring ball this year is a lot of the new faces that will be around the program. And I think the biggest thing that people are focusing on, as they are want to do and probably should do, is the quarterback position for the Cougars. Now, I'm going to dig more into each one of the storylines I feel like that we'll be uh, watching for throughout spring ball next week as we get geared up for that. It starts March 6th, so we're just a couple of weeks out uh, from the start of BYU spring ball. But at the quarterback position is Keaton Slovis. Does he actually have the goods? Can he be the guy for BYU this year? He's got one shot at this. There, this is not a guy who's coming in for multiple years. He's got one year of eligibility remaining. He has intentions of making the most of this year and hopefully uh, forging a path for himself to the NFL. And if it all goes according to plan, great, because that benefits BYU in a big way. Because if you get an NFL caliber type performance from a guy like Keaton Slovis, well, you're going to be the beneficiary a beneficiary of it if you're the BYU football program. But it all starts here in spring ball. You know, to obviously get integrated with the offense. He's been learning that uh, since the moment he started being recruited by BYU. If you, if you talk to people about it, he really got in, started looking at the playbook, trying to understand things. There have been some skill development opportunities during the winter conditioning uh, portion of uh, BYU's offseason program for him to get on kind of the same page throwing football with his receivers, etc. But now, when we get into spring ball is when it really starts to count because you'll have a defense facing you with a new defense, by the way, that you're not going to have ever seen before. BYU's defenders in their own right have never seen it before because they're learning this defense with Jay Hill as the defensive coordinator. And it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for a guy like Keaton Slovis to go out and make an impression. Got other guys like Jake Retzlaff who have come in from the junior college ranks, figures to be in the mix right away as well. But I think that one of the things when it comes to BYU spring ball is that the quarterback position is going to take the vast majority of the attention. But it should not distract you from so many of the other things going on with BYU. At the running back position, is Aiden Robbins the guy? Can Hinkley Ropati unseat him? Uh, is a freshman uh, like L.J. Martin, well, LJ won't be in, in school at BYU. He actually will not be enrolling until the summer, but 
so ignore that part of it. But can a guy like Aiden Robbins uh, take that job, make it his own in spring ball? Or is Hinkley Ropati, what we saw down the stretch last season, is just kind of a, a glimpse of what he's capable of doing? And can he emerge as the next uh, great BYU running back in this offense? You move to the offensive line and be a mishmash of guys moving to different spots. I think uh, you'll see Kingsley Suomataia move from right tackle to left tackle. Connor Pay figures to factor in at any one of three positions, both guard spots as well as the center spot, which he held down as the starter for most of last season there. And then you also have a number of other bodies, three other positions that'll have guys that have not started previously getting their opportunity. Flipping over to the defense, it's all new for Jay Hill as he tries to get his defense implemented at BYU. Will he find the athletes in the right positions he needs them to be in to run this defense the way he wants to run it from day one? I would bet no, but he will find answers, at least some answers it feels like, during spring ball. Guys on the defensive line, linebacking core and in the secondary all have a, essentially a clean slate here to go out and show what they can do. Now, Jay was on staff during the bowl preparation season, so he has not had an opportunity to watch these guys practicing under the previous regime of BYU's defense, so he has a, a, at least a baseline knowledge of what BYU has talent-wise on this defense. How will they fit in? Where are the pieces? Where are you going to put them together when it comes to running this new defensive scheme if you're Jay Hill. It's a big opportunity, and every player out there on the BYU defense has got to be thinking, now this is my opportunity to make an impression. If you were buried on the depth chart previously under the previous coaching staff, well, this is your chance to, like I said, have that slate wiped clean, and you get to kind of essentially start over and reprove yourself to this coaching staff. I don't necessarily think that coming out of spring ball, we're going to have hard and fast answers to many of the questions that we'll dig into more in depth. I want to talk more about uh, different position groups, guys to keep an eye on from what I'm hearing etc next week on the podcast so stay tuned for that throughout the coming week but the bigger thing I think for BYU is is at least, at least getting things implemented getting a baseline uh, installation of BYU's offense with these new players coming in getting the offensive line set finding out if the wide receiving core is going to be good enough and also for the defense finding out if you have the athletes to run the scheme you want to do or if Jay Hill's going to have to adapt it at least in year one for BYU in the Big 12 era the other thing about this is You've got to take this to the next level. You are a Big 12 program. BYU, you're a big boy now. You have to step up and operate like a Big 12 program. No longer are you a G5 or a packed, uh, Power 5 adjacent program who aspires to live this life. You're living the life. This is it. This is the start of the Big 12 era for BYU football. And it's a huge, huge opportunity, but also a big, uh, what I'm trying to say, it's a big responsibility as well for them to shoulder as they move into being a Big 12 member. So there is a huge, huge opportunity here for BYU and spring ball. Like I said, do I expect to have hard and fast answers coming out of the month-plus-long uh, sessions of BYU spring ball? No, I don't, and I don't think they do either. But they want to at least get the baseline uh, for this program, get them on the path to understanding what they're trying to do, and then once they reconvene officially during August for training camp, you can really start to narrow in on things. The player-run practices, the workouts throughout the upcoming spring-slash-summer period are going to be critical for all these players to understand that, hey, there's a personal responsibility here, like I mentioned, with being a Big 12 program and being a Big 12 player, a member of a Power 5 program, you've got to take it to the next level individually. And I think that's the other thing about this. 
This spring period will also probably weed out some guys. Guys may transfer after the spring period. May 1st is opening uh, the new transfer portal window for about two weeks. BYU also, at the same time, on, on the flip side of that coin, will have the opportunity to evaluate during spring ball and realize, okay, maybe we need to add another secondary player. I think they do. Maybe we need to add another wide receiver. I think they do. Maybe we need to go out and bolster the linebacker position. Maybe we need to do a couple of things. This is the period to understand that and then use that two-week window, whether it's as a player you feel like, you know what, I'm better served going elsewhere, or as a BYU football uh, coaching staff, looking at who jumps into the portal and pounce on them in terms of the recruiting process and bring them into the program. Obviously, they would not be coming in until the summer slash uh, August training camp period, but it's a huge, huge opportunity here for the BYU football program. And I, for one, cannot wait. It's a whole new era. I'm super excited to be covering BYU in a conference literally for the first time in my professional career. The last time BYU was in a conference, I was an intern at KSL News Radio working for Greg Rubel. I just kind of a, a an intern doing a hodgepodge of things, kind of get my feet wet in the radio world. My professional radio career and working in BYU, not working in BYU, working with BYU on a professional basis as a sports media member has all been as an independent program. I'm excited to have the the Big 12 around us on every front, and I cannot wait for it, and I cannot wait to get it started with BYU Spring Ball. Now, there are other questions out there that are proposals out in front of uh, the NCAA's Division I Council who's going to make determinations on changes that could be implemented. There are four proposals on options to speed up college football games. I think it's a great idea to speed up college football games, fit them into a tighter time window, etc. But are these the right options for college football? We'll get into that in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at uh, FanDuel. And of course, the midway point of the NBA season has come and gone. We are just about to restart the NBA season. The stretch run is here. Now is the perfect time to get in with it and download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because customers are getting a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 that's a bonus bet back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. The best part is then you can bet on everything from money lines to point scores, threes drained, or any other type of prop bet out there. Whatever you're looking for, you also can go by the spread if you want to do it that way. That is what it's all about. The NBA resumes tonight, Thursday night, with a slate of games, and obviously the NBA playoffs are not far off. The best part is FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay if you want to do that. So don't miss out on the chance with your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's the end. They get started. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to meet your needs. The best part is they got communities across up and down the Wasatch Front and throughout the state of Utah. Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, Utah counties, also multiple communities in Washington County near St. George. They have over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two-story models to townhomes. They even have quick move-in available if you're ready to move now. Get into one of their homes that's already be, uh, already built. And they offer generous financing incentives also through their preferred lender if you want to get started on that front as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. Once again, that's PerryHomesUtah.com. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That is Locked On College Basketball. We're days away from March Madness being here. March officially coming. 
Everything you know about the college basketball scene is available now at Locked On College Basketball. Get it available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so there are four uh, proposals out there that are going to come up in front of the NCAA rules slash Division I council uh, committees in terms of an idea to speed up college football games. Now, we know as a television product, college football games, they're pushing sometimes four hours, and they're supposed to fit into three-and-a-half-hour time windows. The NFL's got this down to a science. It feels like if a game goes longer than three hours and ten minutes in the NFL, it's probably an overtime game. It really is. They, they have it down to a science. Well, college football understands that there are there's an opportunity, or at least they need, to cut down on some of the lengthier games out there, if at all possible. Now, they have four proposals in terms of in-game uh, changes that could happen that would speed up the game. I think some of them are smart. Other ones don't make sense to me. But let's talk about them. Number one. Uh, they prohibit the use of consecutive timeouts. So icing the kicker, you call timeout one time, but then that's it. And I think that's absolutely smart. Don't call these multiple timeouts. We have another timeout, 30 seconds in length, and it's just it's a waste of everybody's time. That's an easy one. Implement that. It should be rubber stamped and moved in uh, right away. The second one, no untimed downs at the end of the second, excuse me, the first and third corners due to a defensive penalty. The down in question will begin at the start of the second and fourth quarters, respectively. I don't think this is really going to do much of anything because very rarely do a first and a third quarter end on a defensive penalty. If you want to put it in there just in the off chance it does because I think it's a minuscule, minuscule amount of games, and if it does cut down on one to two minutes, Great. I just don't know that that necessarily is, is going to answer all the questions. The the private use of consecutive timeouts, it absolutely, to me, would speed up the game. Number three, a running clock after converted first downs, except those inside of two minutes. This is the NFL rule. The NFL, obviously, after a first down, they don't stop the clock like college football does. I think this is absolutely something that should be implemented. I think it would speed up games, and it would change the whole philosophy of how teams go about things. Because uh, you obviously, when you've in late-game scenarios, when you can have that first down, stoppage for a short period, maybe get somebody's hustle on and off the field, and then you're right back to it. That gives you an opportunity. But it would happen in the last two minutes, so it keeps that alive in late-game scenarios, but during the open portion of the game, I guess I should call it, or maybe the, the vast majority of the game, this is the NFL model, and absolutely I think it'd be a smart thing to do. There are some people out there, well, it, it makes college football distinct. Well, you know what? College football, let's be honest, it's a professional game now. Players are being paid. This is a professional uh, product now, and the, the slowing down the, the game, it's just not worth it. And obviously, they're talking about this also being a player safety issue. This is one that would speed up the game, cut down on the number of plays and opportunities for players to get hurt. Now, the fourth one, which I don't know that this is going to answer the question, but it seems interesting, but I don't like it. A running clock after an incomplete pass as soon as the ball is spotted by the official. Incomplete passes in the NFL, clock stops. That has just been something with football for years. It happens at the high school level, college level, professional level. That should continue. I think the fourth one is the only one I would say get rid of it. Not get rid of it. Don't uh, approve that one. The other three makes sense to me. Now, if you truly want to cut down on plays in a game, cut down on the TV window product, I understand that the player safety issue is one thing over here, and these are supposed to do that, maybe lessen the amount of plays and the opportunities for guys to get hurt, but if you truly want to make your product more compelling, you need to make it a tighter package. 20-minute half times, and this is a separate deal for me. This is not a player safety issue. The NFL has a 12-minute timeout in a regular season game. 12-minute halftime in a regular season game. College has 20 minutes. And I get it. Any of you who are, have band uh, members that are in your family, I have some of them in my family, the, the halftime band show is a big opportunity for marching bands. Here's the thing. Do you really watch it on a week-to-week -week basis? Do you, do you really engage with it? 
that can go away really quick. You can cut it down to 15 minutes. You can cut it down to 12 minutes like the NFL and get right back to the action. You don't need to take 20 minutes and then have the teams lumber back out and get back after. It just it, It's not worth it. I would cut it down to 15 minutes and just save yourself a little bit of time there. That's the thing about this. The product of, the, of college football and sports in general is that attention spans are getting less and less. And there are a myriad of reasons as to why there are uh, shorter attention spans in our general general populace out there. But if you want to continue to grow your brand, grow your product, make college football as great as it has been, you got to make some changes. And I think the three of these, like I said, one, uh, prohibit the use of consecutive timeouts, easy one for me. A running clock after converted first downs, except those being inside of two minutes, those are easy ones to implement, and those will cut down on the number of plays in-game and also save some wear and tear on these players' bodies. But if you truly want to just kind of compact the schedule, well, A, uh, cut down on TV timeouts. That's another thing I probably should have discussed. And cut down on halftime. You can make this a tighter package and get more games on. How frustrating is it as a Cougar fan that you tune tune in to, let's say, it's FS1, and you tune in, and you're like, okay, BYU kicks off at 8 o'clock. And all of a sudden, you tune in, and the game before it, they're just kicking off the fourth quarter, and it's 7.40 p.m. They're not playing 15 minutes of college football, especially if it's a tight game, in 20 real minutes of live action, of, of live time. That's just not going to happen. And you're like, great. Now we're going to be relegated to being on what? The Fox Sports app, FS2. Do I even have FS2 in my, in my television package? Whatever I subscribe to. That's the frustrating part. Make it work. Either uh, you figure out uh, TV windows where you extend them a little bit longer to maybe four hours and understand that it's just part of the deal, or you take some of these proposals and truly cut down on it and try and get to more of that compact model. Get into about a three-hour window if at all possible. It would be a positive, I think, for all entities involved, players, coaches, fans, administrators, advertisers, uh, television broadcast uh, companies. It Everybody would benefit in my mind from it, but I'm just a simple dude out here in Salt Lake City uh, talking about BYU. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll round out today's show with some continued uh, talk about BYU sports. BYU baseball was in action in their opener against Louisiana Lafayette. We'll talk about that. We'll also continue our look back at all 155 games of BYU's independent era. BYU and Utah State, how did things fare in 2013 in that rivalry? We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over over at Be Wearables, and I'm wearing another one of my shirts today. It's the uh, Don't Play Soccer shirt, and the best part about Be Wearables is it's a local company, and many of you out there know that BYU has a global fan base, literally global, and many of you have lived in different countries. BeWearables.co, which is a combination of beware and wearables, has corrected real road signs from around the world that are just funny. That's the best part. They're celebrating the fun thing, and they've turned them into shirts. If you squint into your head a little bit, you'll discover that life is really funny. Each BeWearables design is designed, excuse me, is based on a real sign that is oddly funny. This one is from, a, I think, from East Asia or something like that, where they say, don't play soccer. Great. Well, BeWearables.co sells shirts and accessories. They'll make you and your friends laugh. The best part is it's created by BYU alumni, and fans. BeWearables.co converts silly roadsides into high-quality t-shirts. They also can do hoodies, phone cases, tote bags, and more. Whatever you can dream up, BeWearables can help you guys out. They feature hilarious science and travels all over the world, from Iceland to Southeast Asia to Brazil and more. The best part is they sell all the shirts through Amazon. They're high quality. I love wearing these shirts. I, I gotta say, Brad and his crew over there, BeWearables, they're absolute money. And the best part is they also can do custom designs. If you have a custom one you'd like to be uh, worked on by Brad and his company with be wearables. Go check it out. So go to bewearables.co. That is beware, A B L E S dot C O. So bewearables.co to browse through the collection of fun designs and order yours now. Life is funny. Wear it. That's bewearables.co. 
Thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked on Cougars, uh, making us your first listen of the day. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. I cannot thank you guys enough for your support out there. Uh, you guys, by the way, uh, we are continuing. Our, our first two months, we're coming up on the end of our second month here in February. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I was kind of doing some quick research on this before I recorded this podcast, we are off to a historic start in terms of overall downloads and views on YouTube and our regular podcast uh, uh Various uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You guys get the whole deal. We're off to a historic start. Thank you for your guys' support. You guys download this show, thousands of you every single day, thousands of you watching it on YouTube on a daily basis. Cannot thank you guys enough. It, it absolutely warms my heart that you find it a product of war. So thank you for taking the time. Now, uh, before we go on today's show, two things. BYU Baseball opened their series against Louisiana Lafayette down in Lafayette uh, in uh, Louisiana yesterday. It's kind of funny, oxymoron there, but apologies uh, for that redundancy. But BYU was holding a pretty uh, decent lead throughout most of this game. Ben Hansen. Uh, pitched seven innings, had two hits, one run, and nine strikeouts. But he went in, he came out after the seventh inning, BYU holding a 3-1 lead at that point, but they saw that lead uh, actually go away in the ninth inning, ultimately falling 4-3 to to the Raging Cajuns. So a disappointing opening series loss. BYU drops to 2-3 and three on the season. They're back in action this evening. Uh, you can check that out on BYU Radio. It's also, for the first time, the next three games for BYU against Louisiana Lafayette are going to be streamed on ESPN Plus. If you want to watch a live stream, if you subscribe to ESPN Plus, or if you want to do so right now, you can tune in and watch the Batcats in action against the Raging Cajuns. Hopefully, they can hold them off this time and get the victory in the matchup tonight. The Plus play tomorrow and Saturday. Now, our final note on today's show is a continuation of our look back at all 155 games that BYU played in their independent era. And we've been kind of grinding through these as we've gone throughout this offseason. Today, we stop on a 31-14 win for BYU over Utah State in low Taysom Hill uh, threw three touchdown passes to Mitch Matthews. Van Noy uh, had an interception, return a pick six for a touchdown as BYU ran away with a 31-14 win. Uh, Taysom, after having a really, really nice passing performance against Middle Tennessee State, had a decent one. 17-31 of for 278 yards, but also had the three touchdowns and an interception. He ran for just 36 yards. Jamal Williams ran for 79 yards after returning from injury for BYU. And BYU got the big win. Uh, Chucky Keaton was uh, one of the quarterbacks for Utah State in this game, but was not his best. He only has 4 of 10, 26 yards, one touchdown against one interception. Craig Harrison uh, came in 18 of 41, 185 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. And suddenly, BYU, for the first time in 2013, was off to a winning streak. They improved their record to 3-2 and two with this win in Logan. And the thing about this is, is with the Utah State series, similar to kind of the Utah series throughout their independent era, there were ebbs and flows to how that series went. Obviously, uh, what was happening with Utah State during this period was they were kind of getting off the deck. Utah State for so long, so many decades, you think about the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, BYU was just, it was a routine thing. Oh, we play Utah State annually and we're going to kick the crap out of them. Well, during this period of the independent era for BYU, led by Gary Anderson most notably, Utah State finally got off the deck and made things a lot more interesting for BYU. But this one, this was kind of a laugher because Mitch Matthews, as I mentioned, five receptions, 112 yards, three touchdowns, absolutely masterful. And when KVN's on the field, you can never count BYU out of anything because Kyle Van Noy's ability to overtake – 
not overtake, take over a game, uh, having a pick six in this one. It just it, it means you have a good opportunity. And like I said, this was the first winning streak for BYU. They put two in a row together, and they finally started like to feel like, if you remember back in 2013, after this win as they uh, got into early October here, it felt like finally BYU was starting to get into a groove. And we were going to talk about this as we continue to look at this. BYU started to really rattle off win after win after win, and it really was due in large part to having Taysom Hill consistently in the lineup. This is one of the few games in his career at BYU playing against Utah State. He did not suffer a season-ending injury, and uh, it's crazy to think about how often it happened, uh, first off for Taysom in his career, but how often it happened against Utah State. It was just like a bugaboo, and there were people out there, I remember talking uh, uh, to people, and we, we had this discussion amongst ourselves in the media. Should Taysom sit out the Utah State games? And it, it ended up being a bigger conversation as time went on, but this was a big win for BYU because it got them on a little bit of a roll. And we're going to talk about a game against Georgia Tech on tomorrow's podcast that really, I think, set the tone of that. Okay, BYU's rolling here, and they're finally getting things put together, uh, and they really, really started to look the part of a team that could really, really do some damage. And we'll talk about that as things progress on uh, this podcast and throughout the coming days and weeks right here on Locked On Cougars. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for you guys' support of the podcast. As always, it's a ton of fun to sit down, look back at these old games with the independent era we're looking back on, uh, talk about kind of the news of the day when it comes to college football, both in the Big 12 for BYU and from a national perspective. So hope you guys will stick with us throughout the offseason. We'll get you ready for BYU Spring Ball, like I said, uh, coming up tomorrow and throughout next week as we talk about kind of the bigger storylines of what to expect during Spring Ball. And by the way, other thing about that with Spring Ball, there's going to be storylines that emerge that we can't prognosticate or put together right now and that's the fun part about it just you have to let things kind of just flow and we'll we'll have some fun with that at the same time but regardless thank you for being with us thank you for making us your first listen of the day want to encourage you guys now to make your second listen our friends over the locked on big 12 podcast josh neighbors is doing a bang up job uh, covering all things in the big 12 conference you want more of that macro view of the big 12 get to locked on big 12 wherever you get your podcast also Check it out on YouTube. All right, that's going to do it for myself. Have a great rest of your day, my friends. Hope you all are doing fantastic. Staying warm if you're in Utah with all the snow on the ground. But regardless, have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya.